gentlemen, a big show, a big task for you today. I am going to ask you to get through seven or eight pages of fantasy baseball notes and cover what? a whole bunch. Yeah, cover a whole what? bunch of topics. Do you think you're up for it, gentlemen? Well, I, I don't know that you're giving us much choice. Oh, yeah, we've totally got a choice. We can do silly things and interject meaningless banter Could. and only get through like three pages of notes. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and that's maybe more likely. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. On Thursday, April 26th, I have put together a very ambitious show with uh, talk about Sonny Gray and Jamison Tyone and Clayton Kershaw, bullpen notes, double dongs, hey real quick, buy or sell, today's matchups, Maybe some emails at fantasy baseball at C- oh definitely some emails at fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. A whole section dedicated to the Pirates and the Tigers who played a double header with a lot of runs yesterday. But guys, the people, what you people watching? Yeah, I can imagine. This first, that first game, the highlights were ridiculous. It's uh, it's ugly cold rainy weather. Uh, well, actually, was it ugly cold and rainy there? I think it was just you know a makeup game from the day before, so. Getting people to the stadium was a challenge. I imagine so. But I'm slowing us down. You are, Scott. You are Sorry about that. killing the show. Imagine, the, imagine being delayed by Scott White. The most important thing that you will do tonight is watch the NFL draft, and you will watch that coverage on CBS Sports HQ. We will be live, not us, but HQ will be live during every second of the NFL draft throughout the weekend. And that's going to be NFL analysis, fantasy analysis. It's all free. It's all on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on CBSSportsHQ.com. Or, better yet, you can download the CBS Sports app on your phone or on your mobile device or your connected device, rather, uh, like a Roku or an Apple TV. I watch on my Roku all the time. Download the CBS Sports app. It's 24-7, free streaming. You don't have to sign up or anything. Scores, news, highlights, without the fluff. And this draft coverage is going to be great. We're going to crush it. Download the CBS Sports app. Watch CBS Sports HQ on your connected device. Now, let's start God. the baseball. Who should yeah. the Browns take number one overall? <laughs> oh, God. One of those quarterbacks. I couldn't even, I couldn't even give you all the names. Oh, there's only one. I have been so, I have, I am shoulder deep in baseball. Like, I love the NFL draft. I honestly do. But I just do not have the bandwidth for it this time of year. Take Baker. Take Darnold. All right. This take this slightly obnoxious question of the day. These two faced off against each other. Who had a better start last night? Jake Arietta, one earned run in seven innings, but few strikeouts? Or Zach Greinke, six earned runs, or five earned runs in six innings, but nine strikeouts to one walk? Who had a better start? Jake Arietta or Zach Greinke? Heath Cummings. Well, Jake Arietta got a win, so it's obviously him. But what's your real answer? <laughs> uh, Jake Arietta. There, there is a point in which you could give up more runs and actually have a better start. But this is beyond that point. Scott White, who had a better start, Arietta or Granke? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – like, Jake Arietta's start concerns me, and Zach Granke's start actually encourages me. So I guess I'm going to say Granke. <gasps> oh, that so is I so know, annoying. I know how backward that seems. That's yeah, well, I mean, just that, – that, yeah. That's what, that's what Chris Towers would say. He would definitely say Granke. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, is any, so who's, like, I don't want to go back and forth with Arietta. Oh, he's great. Oh, he's, he's, cur- he's worrisome, but all right. Only two strikeouts, eight swinging strikes yesterday. Arizona is among the highest strikeout teams in baseball. Um, Heath, do you share that view that you were encouraged by Granky with nine strikeouts and five runs in six innings and a little concern about Arietta, two, two strikeouts, one earned run in seven innings? I'll be completely honest. I am unmoved by both. My opinion is not changed. I am a rock. <laughs> Zach Grinke is still a number one starting pitcher for me. Jake Arietta is still a high-end number three starting pitcher for me. Nothing will change. Scott. If you honestly view Arietta as a number three, I think that's I think that's fine. But I, I would suspect most people view him as more than that. Uh, and even the one really dominant start he had this year, which was his last time out when he struck out ten, you know, the velocity's been down all season, just like it was last season. So I think his losses from 2016 to 2017 are continuing into this year, and, and that's probably his upside for him, what he said. Yeah, I've got him at 27 amongst starting pitchers, and that is the highest I have had him ranked since 2017. This is Jake Arrieta we're talking about. Yes. And no concerns about Granky guys? 
Not really. Yeah. No, I mean, 113 whip on the year despite the high ERA, uh, more than a strikeout per inning, getting swinging strikes. I think this is just, this is just a month where he's going to have a high ERA, which is, you know, every pitcher has a couple months like that. The one thing I might worry about if we are starting to see a little bit of a problem with Grinky is that he's still mostly good, but he has these outings where he just, there's a couple of mistakes he makes that just get destroyed. But even so, you wouldn't expect those mistakes to get destroyed every time. And actually so far with Granky, he's, uh, allowed two earned runs in two home starts and 14 earned runs in three road starts. So, uh, I, I think I'm pretty sure all, of, I don't know, but I'm assuming all of his home runs have come on the road considering he's only given up two runs in two home starts, but uh, six home runs allowed so far in 33 innings and bad on the road, great at home with that beautiful humidor. Uh, all right. Hey, the big news, we'll do this quickly here. Eric Thames could miss six to eight weeks with a torn ligament in his thumb. Scott, yesterday we talked about adding Domingo Santana, but well, actually, what about Jesus Aguilar? He's 7% owned, and he was you know, pretty solid last year, 836 OPS, which is good for someone who's 7% owned. And so far, even better this year, batting 421 with one homer in 20 games. Um, yep. Yeah, what do you think? Is Aguilar uh, under-owned? Well, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they're back in an NL park, because yesterday... They were in Kansas City. Braun was DHing. We haven't seen Braun start at first base since the first two games of the season, but this might open the door for that again. Aguilar plays mostly against left-handers because that's what he does most of his damage against. Uh, if he is an everyday player, he'll probably have some appeal in deeper leagues, but first base being so deep, I don't think it'll go beyond that. I would be really worried about what it's going to do to his slash line if he starts playing regularly against right-handed pitching. He's got a career... So it's 765 OPS against righties. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, 7%. People need, people are desperate. You can take a look at Aguilar. At least you're going to get more playing time, you figure. Uh, Adrian Beltre is on the DL with a hamstring strain and the Rangers are called Ryan Rua. Now, if they wait until May 5th, they can call up Willie Calhoun without losing with, uh, and get that extra year of control. So the Calhoun date could be May 5th. Uh, and we shall see. These teams are so controlling. Right? Ronald Acuna, one for five with a run scored and two strikeouts at the Reds. Billy Hamilton has sat two of the last six games as Scott Schepler has come off the DL. That is stinky. The Mets will not commit to another Steven Matz start. Byron Buxton may not be back this weekend due to a toe issue. He had to get his toe drained. Doesn't seem like a big thing, but just pushing back Buxton a couple of uh, days maybe. What's so funny? The concept of getting your toe drained. Yeah, I didn't never hadn't heard That's that. That's not funny. That would be extremely painful. It's like it's a spout, and it like would be you know, awful. <laughs> yeah, have you ever had a needle? Have you ever had a needle stuck in your toe? Up with it's not a big deal. Like it sounds, it sounds gruesome. I agree. Yeah, I have, I have not had a needle stuck in my toe, Heath. Have you? Yes, I have. And uh, first, your toe turns white, and then your face turns white. It's excruciating pain. Uh, I feel uh, bad for Byron Buxton. Actually, you're a big wimp because I have I have had a needle stuck in my toe like last year. Well, when you had a splinter and you were trying to get it out? No, 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 no. Uh, but it wasn't that bad. And I, I have it in my finger. That's probably just as bad. It no, was toe, toe is much worse than finger. Yeah, oh, toe's okay. worse. Um, Mac Williams, Mac Williamson sat with back stiffness. Chris Bryant could return tonight. Andrew Miller left with hamstring tightness, and Tommy Pham left with a head laceration. But it's no big deal. We've all had our head lacerated. Tommy Pham will be just fine. He actually will be fine. He will not go on the DL or anything. All right, Wednesday standouts. I am going to start with three pitchers who struggled yesterday to varying degrees. And let's start with the first. Okay, there's there's Sonny Gray and Jamison Tyone, and then there's Clayton Kershaw, who's, uh, you know, probably not going to drop Kershaw after last night's start. Just going to editorialize there. But Gray and Tyone, OMG, uh, 771 ERA for Gray, which actually improved after yesterday's start. Tyone. Now a 491 ERA, and he's been brutal lately. Um, who's more concerning for you right now, Sonny Gray or Jamison Tyone? It's Gray for a couple of reasons. One, there has been virtually no good. While Tyone has obviously had that great start. More of his starts have been great than not. These last two have been awful. Um, but Gray's been awful all year long, and you have more of an investment in Gray. I 
I would go as far as to say Gray is virtually unstartable right now. I want to drop him because, uh, I mean, there's a chance he writes the ship. He righted it last year after a bumpy start. But Tyone, um, I think he's I, – I don't know that I'm to the point where I'd say Tyone is unusable yet. Sonny Gray, I think we know what it is now. You can't start him at Yankee Stadium. You can't start him at Fenway. You probably shouldn't start him at Camden because it's got – Home run problem. I, I well, don't walks think are we, problems for him. Like he just can't throw strikes right now. It doesn't matter where it is. Yeah, we are not at the point where all like I'm not starting Sonny. I have Sonny Gray in one league, and he's got two starts next week at Houston at home against Cleveland. And no thanks, I'm not starting Sonny Gray. So, but I have not resigned to no matter what happens with Sonny Gray, I'm never starting him at home. Like there's no it way because I'm not rostering a pitcher that I'm only starting in home starts. Sounds well, like maybe you should drop Sonny Gray. I'm not dropping Sonny Gray. He's too good to drop. He's you not made... a terrible pitcher. No, I don't think he's a terrible pitcher. I think he's in a bad situation. Uh, this is not situation. No, there's like he has been a bad been... pitcher this year, yeah. and I, 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 I don't think it has anything to do with venue though. It's, it's just he's not throwing. He's strikes. given up two home runs so far this year. He's still he a has ground ball no guy. Well, he, he struggled at Yankee Stadium last year, right? Yeah, I, I think it may have been uh, one or we two starts. We don't think that, that he's a little scared of Yankee Stadium, and that's why he's walking people? Uh, he is definitely nibbling, and they say Sonny Gray has to trust his stuff and stop trying to make the perfect pitch. So it could be that he's just scared, you know, of life, and maybe he just maybe we should talk to him about it and tell him that, you know, it's a beautiful world out there. But I don't know. It's more Sonny than Gray. What? Oh, more, more Sonny than yeah, Gray. I like that, like, Scott. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not resigned to the faith that I will never start Sonny Gray in a home start. Neither am I. But, I mean, if, if this goes on through May, then you get to the point where you talk about dropping him, too, and then you're not starting him at any start. But right now, it's just sit and hope it gets better. Like, that's that's honestly the best advice I could offer. Heath, where are you on uh, Tyone? Um, I, I would have a hard time starting him next week as a one-start pitcher, but he's probably a two-start pitcher as well, right? Uh, Yes. I would guess he is, and I I don't have as many concerns about him. I never thought he had the enormous upside that I see in guys like Patrick Corbin, like Robbie Ray, like Jose Barrios. But I also, he kind of reminds me a little bit of what I thought Aaron Nola was before he started striking a few more batters out. I, I don't, like this has been two terrible starts in a row. I don't really think that for the rest of the season his floor is that low, though. He has Washington and Milwaukee both on the road, Jamison Tyone next week. Yeah, that's really, that's really, really terrible. Yeah, that that's sucks. Al- almost as bad <laughs> as being a mediocre pitcher at Yankee Stadium. So, um, alright, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll avoid Tyone next week. Scott, do we have a Clayton Kershaw problem? Are, are we looking at a guy who's not going to be one of the true aces this year? Did you think that before yesterday's start? No, but there were some signs, like the swinging strike rate, for example. Um, it is down, way down. Is it? All right, so I'll give you. I hadn't noticed that. The basic um, stats are that Clayton Kershaw has the highest walk rate he's had in six years. Now that is because of yesterday, but the, yes. the lowest strikeout rate in five years. Two straight seasons now with 1.2 home runs per nine, and of course it's only been uh 38 innings, but that's what's happening. And the lowest swinging strike rate in five seasons for Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean the home runs. Whatever. He did that last year. That may just be who he is in this environment. And obviously it doesn't make him less, it doesn't make him less than an ace. I had no concerns about Kershaw until yesterday. And so a start where he walks six, um, you know, it's, it's just such an outlier that I, I don't know. I don't, I don't read much into it. Um, now if the swinging strike rate is down and I'm looking at the game log, only half of his starts has he gotten even double digit swinging strikes. That's, that raises an eyebrow, but at the same time he's two starts removed from a two hitter with 12 strikeouts, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I am not to the point where I'm honestly concerned about Clayton Kershaw. There is no room for concern with Kershaw, but I think if you were a person that put together rest of season rankings, it would be understandable to drop him as low as four. Okay. Would you do that, hypothetically, Mr. Heath? I mean, if I had that type of power, mm-hmm. it's something I would certainly consider. <laughs> but you do have that type of power. I I would probably wait another start or two. 
Okay. I, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. But I, I think you can make a very reasonable argument for Scherzer, for Kluber, for Sale over Kershaw. Sure. And you could have done it at the beginning of the year. All right, guys. Yeah. L- let's take a look at the bullpen yesterday. Um, give me a, a quick reaction. Edwin Diaz, Heath, has 10 saves, a .73 ERA, 23 strikeouts in 12 and a third. He good. Okay, thank you. That's good. A.J. Minter, Scott. Minter got a save, and his manager, Brian Snitker, said he expects to see A.J. Minter in more of those spots going forward. He's 35% owned, A.J. Minter. Oh, that's interesting. Um, because it was a tie game heading into the bottom of the ninth, and the Braves went ahead, you know, with two outs in the top of the ninth. So I assumed it was just an issue of Minter was warming up and Vizcaino wasn't, and two lefties were coming up, so... Let's just go with Minter. Uh, but they each have just one save. So, I mean, I would assume this guy, you know, is still the lead man there, but this was something we were monitoring before, from before the season even started. So if Minter's already horning in on that, I'd be concerned as the Vizcaino owner and I may, uh, I may look to handcuff him. Man, I am a lot better at the real quick thoughts. Yeah, but part. that was, that was a lot more, that one required it. <laughs> Scott, did you say horning in? Yeah, that's the, that's a term, right? Is it honing in? I I think it's honing in. Um, I guess horning in. If they were trying to get him to fit into the role, they could use a shoehorn shoe to get horn. him into the role. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, horn in I, means in, it's an informal expression meaning intrude, interfere. Really? Yep. Oh. Which is that what you meant? That is exactly what I meant. Okay. Uh, hey Heath, Ken Giles got a save last night. That's good. <laughs> A little more. Oh, you want more? A little want bit, more evaluation. Little bit, yeah. I never thought that Ken Giles wasn't going to get saves anymore. I still think he is the Astros air quotes closer. I am just concerned that that situ- situation closer is going to mean less than it does on maybe two thirds of the other teams. I still think he leads the team in saves. I don't think he's their best reliever. They don't either. And Whoa, so if- you don't? I don't think he's better than Chris Davinsky. He's he hasn't given up a base runner in his last six outings. Not that's, a base. That's runner. very good. He's yeah. been he's been he, worse than Davinsky for the last three years. And Trout, Upton, and Pujols coming up. Why wouldn't they go to their best reliever in that situation? They they did in this situation. Go to him, but I don't think he's going. I don't think he has any chance at all in leading baseball in saves. I don't think he has any chance in being in the top five. All right, Scott uh, Kenley Jansen struggled. to give him two unearned runs. It did strike out too, and Brad Ziegler is terrible. <laughs> yeah, Ziegler is terrible. It's only a matter of time before he loses that job, I think. To who? Chance. Um, to I haven't looked at Bearclaw or Steckenrider's numbers recently. Bearclaw would be my first guess off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Jansen is looks like he's getting a long leash, and the velocity has been going up. He, I dropped him to third behind. Uh, Kimbrell and Jansen, uh, Chapman a while back. Um, and Edwin Diaz is right there on his heels. Not ready to make that move yet, but if these struggles continue much longer, Jansen's gonna drop more. Alright, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing. Everybody gotta know, there's a better way to do it. Go to SeatGeek, download the SeatGeek app, or go to SeatGeek.com. Get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase with our promo code Fantasy. That's a really sweet deal, okay? Like, I do it, I, I, I don't use the promo code anymore because I've already used it, but you use the code fantasy and you're gonna get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And the cool thing is, even after you've used that promo code, and you'll see I do it all the time, I still use SeatGeek because it saves me money. It's all about saving money and saving time. We wanna make this process as simple as possible. So when I go on SeatGeek, and I search for an event, SeatGeek then goes out and searches multiple ticket sites to compare the prices and find amazing deals and give you the most bang for your buck. I find it to be just very simple. You look for an event and there you see all the results. You can sort by price or you can sort by location. Uh, you, you get these big green dots. It's color coded so you know which bargains are the best. And very, very important, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I've used SeatGeek for football, baseball, college sports, concerts, you guys need to use it too for all those things for comedy and for theater and download the app and use the promo code fantasy on SeatGeek. The promo code is fantasy for 20 bucks off your first purchase. All right. Double dongs last night. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts' ADP was eighth, by the way. Um, not for us. We had him higher than that, of course, but eighth. 
and he's outstanding. He's batting 350 with eight home runs, and most of his damage, seven of them have come on the road. And JT Realmuto, Heath Cummings, JT Realmuto went two for six with two homers. If he gets traded, he could be incredible. Like, he is so bad at home, JT Realmuto, and last year he batted 317 with 12 homers on the road. Uh, is, should that be a factor at all? The if he gets traded thing for Realmuto? I have a hard time making it a factor just because one of the things that has given him a lot of value, especially in points leagues, is that he plays a lot. And that's maybe more of a Marlins philosophy than it might be to a team that he got traded to. So I, I think it would probably help his run production a little bit, but it's just too difficult to know where would he get traded. Is he all of a sudden going to be a seven or eight hitter in the lineup instead of a top of the lineup hitter? I'm, I'm not factoring it in at all. Okay. That's JT Realmuto. Time now for some, hey, real quick. Right, we got a few from the listeners and then some more from me. Also buy or sell coming up later. Hey, real quick from Craig. Standard 10 team league. Moncada or Merrifield rest of season? Scott White. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, well, wait. It doesn't wait, say wait. whether it's categories or points, but either way, I'm going Merrifield. All right. By the way, you have, I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds to make your case. And if you don't, you will get buzzed. So Scott's going Merrifield. Heath, how about you? Mankata or Merrifield? I really think in a 10-team league, Yoan Mankata, because the upside is just a lot higher. He has Merrifield was a top five third second baseman on a per game. He was. That was year. you're in my 30 seconds. You already buzzed out of your time. <laughs> you don't get to talk anymore. He was a top five second baseman. He does not have Yoan Mankata upside. Those two things can both be true. Uh, he strikes out way too much for points leagues. Don't pick him up at points. I, okay, points leagues. I think <laughs> I mean, that is true. Like his play discipline's it's going to hurt him in points leagues, kind of in a Rugnet or Dorth uh, way. Um, that's Moncada we're talking about. All right, so we're the, split the replacement there. level on a ten-team league is just so high. Give me the upside. But Merrifield has a ton of upside. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right, this one's from Rob. Yonder Alonso or Albert Pujols? Head-to-head categories with slugging and OBP. Alonso or Pujols? Alonso. Yuck. Isn't there anybody available in the waiver wire? Yeah, Alonzo. I actually pools. like the what Alonzo's doing on, with batted balls this year. Um, it looks like he's continuing the fly ball improvements he made from a year ago with really good plate discipline. And I think he's a hot streak away from being a must-start player. All right. Uh, from me, Yasmani Grandal or Yadier Molina? I will take Molina. I'll take Molina in points, Grandal and Roto. All right, why are you guys taking Molina, at least in points? I would expect he plays more over the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. And most of my enthusiasm about Grandal coming in was about him changing his launch angle and supposedly joining the flyball revolution. And while the um, the base results would say that's exactly what's happened, he's actually hitting less fly balls, fewer fly balls than last really? year by a substantial margin. Well, he's batting 324 with four home runs. So you think it's just a hot streak for Grandal? Yeah. Hmm, okay, interesting. All right, hey, real quick, guys. Didi Gregorius or Edwin Encarnacion or Cody Bellinger? Heath. I will go Bellinger, Encarnacion, and then Gregorius. The great thing about Encarnacion is you know you already have these three weeks of terrible performance booked. So he is due for an incredible hot streak. Scott, Didi, Edwin, Edward Encarnacion, Cody Bellinger. I ranked them in the same order. Heath did Bellinger, Encarnacion, Gregorius, but I have to say, Gregorius, when I put together the Roto trade chart yesterday, the latest, and it, you know, the fact is Roto isn't that important, except it was just, you know, that's the one I put together yesterday. He was 65th, Gregorius. So he's closing in on Encarnacion. Well, Gregorius is the number one hitter in fantasy now. He's homered in four straight games. All nine of his home runs have come at home. But we gotta love 17 walks to nine strikeouts and seven doubles on top of the nine homers. It's been a great. Uh, Encarnacion, he said, you know, you got these bad weeks out of the way. His April right now, 173 with five homers, seven walks, 26 strikeouts. Looks a lot like April 2016, which it was a 250 batting average instead of 173, but he actually has two more home runs this April than he did that April. And um, seven walks, 26 strikeouts this year, seven walks, 25 strikeouts. 
in April 2016. He had a bad April last year, too. And he finished both 2016 and 17 with 38 or more homers, 107 or more RBIs. And I am going to uh, ding myself there for going overboard. Sorry. All right. Uh, hey, real quick, John Lester or Trevor Bauer? I would prefer Bauer. And to me, it's not especially close. The way Bauer, uh, you know, he took off last year because he started throwing his curveball a lot more. He and Kluber both at the recommendation of Mickey Calloway. And he's continued that into this year, throwing it about 30% of the time. The strikeouts have been consistently high. The walks are still kind of high, but that's always going to be a thing for him. I think he's really good. Heath? Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with Lester in a points league. I think Lester's going to throw more innings than Bauer is. I am still a little concerned about the walk rate for Bauer, and I'm a little concerned about how lucky he's been to start this year. I think he's probably still a high threes, low fours ERA guy. Yeah, so getting away from Hay real quick a second. We've talked a lot about Corbin and Dylan Bundy joining Ace Hood. Trevor Bauer, it doesn't sound like he thinks this is happening, but it kind of looks like he might be also in that discussion. He's got more than a strikeout per inning. Yeah, I know the BABIP's pretty low. But he was really good in the in the second half last year, and the Babbitt was very high. And he's gone seven or more innings in three starts. Um, I don't know. I mean, it looks like Bauer's kind of continuing last year. Do you guys think he is, you know, arguably a top 30, top 25 pitcher? I'm pretty sure I rank him there already. And let, let me see exactly where I have him. But that's... You know, there, there are not many pitchers consistent enough to enter that discussion even. Okay, so I have him 32nd, so just outside of it. Yeah. But it wouldn't take him much to get there. Like, I have Arietta directly ahead of him, and you know, I don't even like Arietta that much. Yeah, I'm just going to probably have to see the lower home run rate and lower BABIP for a little longer to start buying into any of it. I think if the home run rate was normal and the BABIP was normal, then his ERA is probably around four. Okay, that's Trevor Bauer. And finally, from Mac Murdoch, hey, real quick, Foo Fighters or Infinity Wars tonight? Well, we know Chris, uh, would, Chris would go to Infinity Wars. I would Wars. rather do Infinity War. Uh, but I would pass. No. I With two little kids, I don't get to go anywhere or do anything. I, I, I do things, but I, I, like I can't imagine doing anything other than sitting at home watching the NFL draft on CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, Ooh, I, I mean, I am going to do that. Call. But I, I got to say, as much as I love the draft, as much as I love CBS Sports HQ, actually, I don't really love the draft that much. But this year should be fun. Uh, I would never pass up a Foo Fighters concert. I mean, they are. I've never been to a Foo Fighters concert, and I, I probably won't. There, go tonight, Heath. Go tonight. Go hang out with my brother. Heath, I'm go. watching CBS Sports HQ. I will forgive you if you don't watch it tonight. Go to the. F- Forget it. All right. I won't forgive myself. I'm going to give you guys some uh, some players. You tell me if they're underowned. John Gray. John Gray changed his slider grip and decided to throw up in the zone more, and the result, six scoreless innings with 11 strikeouts against the Padres yesterday. Uh, he's mm-hmm. 81% owned. That's pretty high, but it's lower than what you know he was after drafts. Is John Gray under-owned at 81%? Yeah, he needs to be owned everywhere, and I, I don't speak as glowingly of him as I feel like most in the industry do, but there's no denying the stuff and yesterday yesterday he showed what the upside is on a start to start basis and yeah that elevated fastball the Padres just looked ridiculous trying to swing at it it was I I mean if that's if that's an approach that he can maintain and the results you know the scouting reports don't catch up to it he could be in for a big season still yeah I I think he's under owned I like I have owned and dropped John Gray in a league this year, but it's an eight team categories league. I don't know what percentage of our leagues are ten teams or fewer, but I think you could make a, a case for especially if you look at the calendar and he's got a month's worth of or three weeks worth of home starts coming up. Um but I, he's good. I, I wish he would get traded somewhere where he could be really good. But he has not yeah. been a bad home road guy. You know, like his splits I think are pretty even. At least last year Gray was better at home. Um, and, and oh, by the way, we have seen year after year, and they didn't have Hosmer yesterday. The Padres, you cannot overreact to Padres starts. Like, you can remember Vince Velasquez, was it last year or the year before? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Padres but I think this was his third start against the Padres this year, and yes. obviously the first two and, and, didn't and go well. <laughs> he, well, no, one of them was great. Um, oh, okay. So he has had three starts against the Padres so far. In two of them, he has a combined 13 innings, no earned runs, and 18 strikeouts. In his other four yeah. starts this year, which includes the Padres, also the Diamondbacks, Nationals, and Cubs, not too easy, uh, 19 mm-hmm. and two-thirds for Gray, 32 hits, 21 earned runs in 19 and two-thirds, and 17 strikeouts. So, you know, he has that, destroyed the Padres in two starts. That good start against the Padres prior to this one, he only had 10 swinging strikes, which equaled his career, uh, his season high until yesterday when he had 22. So it's clear those changes made a big difference. Is Michael Waka under-owned, Heath? He's 70% owned. That feels about right to me. I don't expect Michael Walker to be someone that stays on your roster all year long. Now, assuming he's going to be a two-star pitcher he's next not. week, then that he's, he's not. not. He but one start against the White Sox. Yeah, I'm going to start him if I own him. I again, I I don't think I don't think there's probably much use for Michael Walker in a ten-team league. So he should be owned in 100% of the 12-team and deeper leagues. But that's not 100% of our leagues. I'm going to say this next guy is a little under-owned. Tyson Ross, 59% owned. I knew he wasn't going to do well yesterday. You know, is that Colorado? Whatever. He still struck out seven in four innings. And he's at San Francisco in a one-start week next week. Guys, do you think Tyson Ross is under-owned at 59%? Yeah, I mean, I like him more than Waka. And I'd give him a pass for this start, as I usually do for pitchers at cores. It just seemed like he didn't have his slider, which is his everything. Um you know, only five swinging strikes in this start. He he hardly threw a slider at all. Like, it, it was probably one of those cases where in the thinner air, it just wasn't sliding like right. it needs to to be effective. And his previous two starts, he had more than a dozen swinging strikes. So I buy that he's back to pre or close to pre-thoracic outlet syndrome form. Um, And I give him a pass for yesterday's start. I think he's worth owning. Tyson Ross, 59% owned. Um, right, let me see. Would you rather have Tyson Ross or – no, you'd rather have him over Zach Wheeler, clearly. Who oh, are, yeah. Uh, Jake Faria or Tyson Ross? Got to go Ross. Yeah, probably Ross. Oh, wow. I just realized that I went through all the games yesterday and I skipped the Baltimore-Tampa Bay game, didn't I? I didn't put that in my notes. Faria was was bad. That, was, that sucked. I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it was. But not as bad as Cobb. All right, two guys in deep <laughs> leagues. Joey Wendell is 5% owned, and Yolmer Sanchez is 18% owned. And I'm going to read an email, actually, and throw one more deep league name in there. And this email is lost in my notes. It is from Jason in – no, wrong. It is from – I don't have it. I don't have it. Failure. Uh, well done. It, it was about, uh, I think, Daniel Robertson. Yes. And whether or not he's under owned. Daniel Robertson of the yes. Rays is 13% owned. So we have Wendell Robertson and Yolmer Sanchez. They are all widely available. What do you guys think? Well, Daniel Robertson's definitely my favorite of that group. He is the one I've actually considered picking up in a league. But it was a deep league. And I don't think he has any business in, in standard leagues being rostered. More walks than strikeouts right now, um, which is a, a positive development. But I don't really trust the power to be mixed league caliber. It wasn't the last couple of years in the minors, and it only has like a 25% fly ball rate, so he's not really um, swinging in a way that's going to generate a lot of power. Okay. Daniel Robertson, 13% owned. You know who I like in this group? Who? Somebody that you didn't put in this group, and the person I was going to say in the standouts, but you didn't ask me for a standout. Oh, crap, yeah. So I'll just go ahead and interject... Jed Jerko is 18% owned, and I know that there are playing time concerns, but he is just destroying baseballs right now. Colton Wong is awful. Jose Martinez can do one thing on a baseball field, and that is hit. He's terrible at everything else. Jed Jerko got hurt. Since he's come back, he's been awesome. He should be owned in more leagues. Okay, and he's a lefty guy. I mean, he's a lefty masher, right? He so. is a lefty masher, but... He's been he's not been awful against righties the last few years. No, but you play in a daily league, you know, it's very useful. Start him certainly against lefties, Jed Jerko, eighteen percent owned. All right, I like it, Heath. Thank you for your standout, unprompted standout. 
<laughs> um, I'll tell you what, man. When I play on the draft app, it, it's it's almost like I'm trying to lose. That's how bad I've been lately. And that's why you should get on the draft app and follow me, Big Kane 2, B-I-G-C-A-N-E-2, or just use our promo code when you sign up on draft, FB Today, as in fantasy baseball today. The promo code is FB Today. That will get you into a real money league for free. FB today, and it will automatically get you following me, and I post drafts every day, and you can join them for just $1, and you will take my money. Let's see, yesterday my terrible lineup was Jake Arrieta, uh, Frederick Freeman, Manny Machado. I was so sure Manny Machado was going to homer off Faria. He went over 4. And then I went with Michael Conforto and Yoenis Cespedes. So it was just, um, you know, I underestimated Michael Waka, and I overestimated myself. But I still love it. I still have fun. And I'm going to keep on playing on draft, and you should too. You get some real money. You get paid out the next day. They start at just $1. The drafts are real quick. They're snake drafts. You can do them every single night. Uh, drafts get more and more popular. People are really getting into it. And you've got this opportunity to sign up with our promo code FB today. FB today on draft.com or on the draft app and get a real money baseball, get real money entry or entry to a real money draft, excuse me, uh, when you make your first deposit. FB today. I got an idea for a promotion for a draft. Maybe each day you could tweet out the players that you've picked so people know who to avoid. <laughs> I guess so. I think we should do some drafts on the air, actually. I'm, I'm in. I'm, we're going to do that, yeah. Look forward to that. Maybe tomorrow. Um. All right, so a lot to get to here. Before we do buy or sell, let's do the Men of Steel. S-T-E-A-L. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Like stolen bases. I thought you were going to project the Steelers draft picks. But no. no, base dealers. They might, it might take a quarterback though. You know, could happen. Alright, Ender Enciarte is 82% owned and he is not hitting very well. But he has nine steals in 11 attempts. And last year he stole, what did he steal? He stole the 22 bases in a full yeah. season. He's always been kind of that 20 steal guy. Just, uh, you know, you're drafting him for batting average help and, you know, a little bit of steals help, but this could be a game changer if he's going to run with this frequency. And it was part of the reason why I was still so high on him yesterday when we talked about him. Um, the other reason is just, I think, with, I think it's inevitable he gets that batting average up back up where we're used to seeing it. He's actually nine for 20 in his last four games. So he seems already to be on his way to doing that. Uh, but he certainly has the speed to be a big base dealer. If he has the inclination, I think he's potentially. Uh, potentially a top 20 guy in the outfield, though I don't rank him there yet. At this point, would you take Ender Inciarte or Byron Buxton, who had his toe drained? It's no big deal. It's not not a painful thing. Buxton. In Roto, I would still take Buxton. In points, I think I'd take Inciarte because of the strikeout disparity. Homer. Inciarte was the number 21, no, number 17 outfielder in points, number 22 in Roto last year. Uh, more men of so, steel. Already top 20. Paul Goldschmidt stole his second base in as many games. Bryce Harper Heath has three steals and three attempts. He stole four bases last year. Could he get to twenty? That would be that'd be huge. He's done that before. Bryce Harper. I would bet against him getting to twenty, but it's nice that he's giving us that little bit of extra production because he's hardly done anything else this year. <laughs> uh and then Trey Turner. All right, so Trey Turner Heath, he's got uh, ten steals and ten attempts. He's we know he's gonna start hitting better. How do you feel about Trey Turner as the number two pick in Roto, which is what you were advocating? Would you do that again ahead of Mike Trout? I feel perfectly fine about it. I've seen nothing to change my opinion. No, I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the place in the batting order if and when Adam Eaton is ever actually healthy. That is my biggest concern. His production is not at all. And he's already started hitting at five hits last night. Yes, he did. And Andrew Benintendi stole two bases. That gives him five steals and five attempts. Last year, Benintendi stole 20 bases in 25 attempts in 151 games. Now, if we did this exercise yesterday, he would have had three steals in 20 games. Now he's got five and 21. Scott, will Andrew Benintendi steal more than 20 bases this year? I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet yes with the kind of start he's off to, and that's with poor hitting. He's walked so much that he has about a 350 OBP, but, uh, it, it should be even higher than that as the season goes on. 16 you know, walks, I, 14 strikeouts for Benintendi. Mm -hmm. But still yeah. bad against lefties, 1 for 17. 
Um, yeah. All right. I think we're, I think we're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Malik Smith. <laughs> Malik Smith is 37% owned. We've talked about him a lot. He stole a base yesterday. He has four steals. Uh, you can pick him up if you need some steals. News and notes. Tim Beckham's on the DL for Baltimore. Danny Valencia started at third base. He has one hit against righties this year, but again, if you're in an AL only league, Valencia should get more playing time. Jose Abreu left yesterday's game with flu-like symptoms. Dan Straley and Wei Yin Chen will return to the Miami rotation soon. Matt Boyd was sick early yesterday. He had a terrible start. But oh, I bring that up. I know you guys don't like Boyd, but he was, he was, you know, pitching very well. Matt Boyd is a two-star pitcher next week, 28% owned. His matchups are Tampa Bay at home and Kansas City on the road. Are you willing Ooh. to excuse this dreadful Matt Boyd start? He was sick, guys. Give him a break and, and pick I, him up for next week. I don't think Matt Boyd is good. I didn't think he was good when his numbers looked good. But I am okay with starting a bad pitcher in a points league if they get the Royals in the race. Okay. And the thing is, he was in line for two starts this past week. I guess the um, the weather issue Tuesday made it so that now it's next week. So there's, there's a good chance you picked him up for two starts already. I'd stick with him if you did. Matt Boyd. All right, Ryan Healy should be back this weekend. Oduble Herrera has reached base safely in 25 straight games. Tampa Bay infielder Matt Duffy could be back on Friday. And Didi Gregorius and Joey Gallo both had bunt singles against the shift yesterday. Nice work. Uh, P.S., I don't think Heath ever answered the question about uh, would you still take Trey Turner second overall in Roto? Of course I would. You would really? Nothing changes. That I thought you moved be. Carlos Correa ahead of Trey Turner when yeah. I was looking at the rankings yesterday. I did, I did but okay. I would not have this information. <laughs> Wait, what? That's not the point of the exit. Like if I go, I, I'm not. Are we having a draft in the middle of the season? Yeah. Yeah, no, so I'm saying right tomorrow. now, right now, if you were drafting. I thought tomorrow. you were asking if I could go back and re remake the decision, would I still do it? And oh. I would because I wouldn't have the information I currently do. Sure. But you gotta take Trout. <laughs> like Trout's gotta be ahead of him now, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> Alright, buy or sell from the listeners. Let's see what we got today. Keith Beagle, buy or sell, Mac Williamson leads the Giants in home runs this year. Sell. I am going to buy it, because who else will? McCutcheon, I guess, is the next likely candidate. Uh, yeah. Long, yeah. Long I'm going to buy it. I'm big into Mac. It's kind of interesting. Big time right? power. Is he leading the team in home runs now? With three? I'm sure Belt is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Belt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Belt is. Kevin Cuff, buy or sell. Cesar Hernandez needs to be owned in all 12 team leagues. Buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I buy it too. I don't know if it'll always be that way, but... um it has been for at least three years. No, wow. it's not. So no, it's not. He's such a boring player. He's what is his ISO like thirty? No, it's I know it's not that, but he hits for <laughs> no power. But he's walking even more. He's already a high walk guy, but he's walking even more this year. He's running even more this year. Like if those continue, he's going to be like a top ten second baseman probably. Oh, I mean, Cesar Hernandez has an ISO of one twenty. Yeah, that's that's awful. I mean, that's, it's better than 30s. It's better 30. than 30. Would you trade Sonny Gray for Cesar Hernandez? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? This is not a guy with upside. Home run era, man. He had nine home runs last year in 128 he's, games. He's kind of DJ LeMahieu-like in that you're right. He doesn't have a ton of upside, but... I I disagree. He doesn't have any power or RBI upside at all. But he's got 110 runs, 310 average, 25 steals upside. That's a lot of upside. That would be a nice year. I, I would probably trade Sonny Gray for that. Yeah, but but isn't that up, DJ LeMahieu's upside also? I mean, yeah, I think you could make the case to trade Gray for LeMahieu. Yeah. Oh, I'd take I'd take LeMahieu over Gray. You would take sure. anyone over Gray. <laughs> uh, buy or sell from Doug Bartolo Colon sticks in the Rangers rotation. Mike Miner gets moved to the bullpen, and he leads the team in saves going forward. Sell. So, yeah, I sell that. Mike Meyer might be their second best starting pitcher. From Derek, Trevor Story hits 25 home runs and steals 20 bases. Buy. Uh, yeah, I buy it also. I don't know if I buy the steals. <laughs> like we've seen guys Rockies, get off to good steal starts before. Didi or Story yeah, and Roto. Didi. Didi. But um, but the Rockies have seemed to make 
stolen bases a point of emphasis this year, a stated point of emphasis, and they're backing it up on the diamonds. So I buy it. And as we all know, stealing bases is 95% trying to steal bases. <laughs> yeah. It's at least 50%. Yeah. I, what it's Scott at least says 50% is, intention. It is. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure we could put a specific calculation on it, but I totally get your point. Uh, from Lee, Jamer Candelario will be a top 12 third baseman by year's end. I think it could be in that sneaky way you just said Ender Enciarte was the 17th best outfielder in points leagues last year. Like if he's healthy, if he gets on base like I think he can, just by process of better players missing time here and there, there's a good chance he might be. Uh, but I would still bet against it. The only hope is in points. And it's still highly unlikely. There's no chance he is in Roto. All right, that's Jamer. Uh, buy, buy yourself from Michael. Didi Gregorius is a top 10 hitter in points, top 20 in Roto. Sell. Sell. From Matt. Buy or sell. Yonder Alonso hits a career high 30 plus homers in Cleveland. Uh, I'm gonna sell. It's not far fetched, but I'm gonna sell. He's gonna have to start hitting a lot less ground balls than he is so far this year. From the Fantasy Wizard. Buy or sell. Keenan Middleton. Alonso? It's that we're talking about Yonder Alonso, right? He's hit forty-two percent yes. fly balls. I believe he's also at forty per forty-two percent ground balls. Wow! His line drives just disappeared. Okay. Line drives are rarely home runs. Keenan Middleton is a top ten closer by or sell. I would sell, but it's feasible. I don't have it ranked that way, but I'll buy it. Buy or sell. Nick Pavetta finishes ahead of Robbie Ray. Sell. I wish it's really too bad that Chris Towers is not on this podcast today. Uh, he's got a big head start. I'll I'll sell. <laughs> and buy or sell from Corey. Jose Altuve will not hit more than ten homers. Sell. Sell. We okay. we got him going yesterday. We did. I do it Just with Votto. Pointing out that he had zero with Altuve. Let's with let's pick a crappy player. Who do you guys want to home? George Springer. Are they even playing today? They might be off today, actually. Let's pick some crappy hitter, somebody underperforming. I will reverse jinx the hell out of them, and we'll get a big game. All right, we'll do that in a second. It doesn't work if you're trying to do it. That's probably true. All right, quote of the day from Detroit manager Ron Gardenhire. Quote, I didn't think his voice could get any higher than it did, end quote. That is what he said about Leonis Martin after Leonis Martin fouled the ball off of his groin. So very cleverly done there um, to Detroit manager Ron Gardenhire. And that brings us to our doubleheader yesterday. Final score, Pittsburgh 18, Detroit 16. They split two games of the doubleheader. But, yeah, we have a lot of developments here. Because Jamer Candelario, 52% owned. He's killing it. Nick Castellanos is 11 for 18 in his last four games with two homers. Miguel Cabrera is batting 520 in his last seven games. He hit three doubles yesterday. Still not a lot of home runs, but... Uh, he's, you know, hitting well. Top 10 set first baseman. Leonis Martin himself, when he's not hitting the ball off his junk, he's hitting the ball well. Jacoby Jones is 11% owned, and he's been well, uh, hitting well lately. And that's what I got for the Tigers. Jamer, Castellanos, Miggy, Leonis Martin, and Jacoby Jones. Do you guys have anything interesting to say about those guys? How about one you didn't mention? What? That's perfect. Francisco Cervelli. Oh, I, I was, come on, I'm on the Tigers now. You want to skip to the Pirates? Oh, okay. Alright. How about this? Nicholas Castellanos line drive rate is 30% this year. I already, one of the things I liked about him was 25% guy. It seems like, um, you know, that, that's the, that's the kind of line drive rate you need to, um, have a consistently high BABIP. And I thought some of the improvements he made, in terms of plate discipline, strikeout rate last year, it, it was geared for him to become this potential 300 hitter, like maybe a Freddie Freeman caliber breakthrough. Um, and he's upped it this year. So I'm still not ruling out a big breakthrough for Nicholas Castellanos, even if the home runs have are only now, uh, you know, he only has two of them to this point. Well, you know why he only has two home runs is because line drives are rarely home runs. That's true. <laughs> but also the weather. And then yeah, Francisco Cervelli, sixty nine. Also, it's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Francisco Cervelli homered yesterday. He is the number three catcher in points, number five in Roto. Yeah, and he is also, like I was saying about Grandal, a guy who 
um, changed his swing for full, for more fly balls, but it's actually manifesting in his case. He's hitting about 50% fly balls up from like 27% last year. So we're talking a drastic increase and it's impacting his power numbers. Um, and he's always been a guy who's rarely struck out only 12 strikeouts this year. I think, I think the upside for Cervelli is something like Jonathan Lucroy in his prime. He's in my top 10 catchers. He deserves to be starting basically every league. But, but here's the thing. Like, Francisco Cervelli has basically never been a good hitter. He had one year no. where he hit a high average. Yeah. Can he really turn his entire career around just by changing his swing? I mean, is, is it that simple? I, I think he can. I think a lot of players have. I, where I, I would think be a lot of players cost- have for like half a season, but almost all of the guys mm-hmm. last year really tailed off. Sorry, mm-hmm. Heath, I interrupted you. No, I I think it was going to say something similar. I wouldn't necessarily say you need a, a a half a season's worth of data, but I do agree, and this is a problem we have with line drive rate, we have with hard contact rate, we have even with strikeout rate, because we have to talk about something. But it's been 19 games for Cervelli where it is working. Yeah. That, we have to take that with as a grain of salt, though. Yeah, I mean, which catchers 32. do you think are better? I still think, obviously, Sanchez Posey. I still think Perez. I still think Real Muto. I still think Wilson Ramos. I'd still rather have Evan Gaddis. I'd still rather have Yachty. I'd still rather have Grandol. Sounds like you rank him exactly where I do. Then I don't. I I doubt that. But that was just naming names off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, look, I, having him in the top ten, there are the catchers are horrible, but. If you could if you could turn Francisco Cervelli into Evan Gaddis, you can't hesitate, right? You do that in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Alright, yeah, I, I don't think you're over evaluating him. I just I question a thirty two year old catcher who's who's never been a good hitter, you know, all of a sudden. He's, he's good. always had very good uh contact tendencies. He just did not have enough power. Um but this is you know, we've seen a lot of players add power by doing exactly this, and I think he's a candidate for it, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jose Bautista changed his swing, changed his entire career, so it does happen. Um, and, you know, I think Gregory Polanco really needs to be discussed. He's now sat against the lefty uh, each of the last two times the Pirates have faced a lefty. He's batting 200. Uh, in his last 10 games, he's batting 132. We were so excited about him, but did, did we overreact with Polanco? Heath. I think maybe twice. I think we overreacted after a fast start and we're overreacting just a little bit now. Uh, I'm and, not overreacting. Uh, I'm just asking. No, I, you, not you specifically. Oh, okay. But there has been a lot of on Twitter. Ha ha ha. Look at Gregory Polanco. He sucks again. Oh, okay. I was I, unaware. I think it's like when we're dissecting less than a month's worth of baseball into different subsections, it's, you're almost always overreacting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. If, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't. Ha- we'd have like a 20 minute show. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I try not to say that every time we talk about something like this. But with Polanco specifically, I I probably got a little too excited about moving him in my top 35 outfielders, but I can't imagine him being outside my top 45. All right. So to end the show, we didn't get to everything, but I think you guys did very well. First of all, I'd like to point out an email. Uh, you know what? No, here we go. Rapid fire. Email of the day from Chris from Salt River Fields. Do you realize how well Verlander has done since being with the Astros? In 17 games, Verla- including the postseason, Verlander is 13 and 1 with a 155 ERA and 129 strikeouts in 110 innings. That sounds like big four numbers to me. You're right, Chris. Jason Mason. I don't know how, I don't know how the Astro, how anybody's going to beat the Astros. Other than the fact that it's baseball and random stuff happens in small samples. Yeah. Well, aren't like, they writing, aren't they writing a book about it though? Are they? I don't know, are they? Yeah, I think that helps. I think when you write a book telling everybody how smart you are. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, I should do that. Uh, email that day number two is from Steven. It's also about the Astros. I was just listening to the Astros game and the commentator, commentator said, there's never been a month where there were more strikeouts than hits. This has been the first month it has happened. Can you give me your feelings on that? And why this would occur? And I had also this, saw that more more strikeouts than hits. This could be the first month ever. This is a, in my opinion, an under talked about problem with baseball moving forward. I think that largely the best highlights from baseball are defensive plays. 
everything that's happening in baseball is trending towards less and less defensive plays. More home runs, more strikeouts, more walks. Yep. I Three don't know how they fix game. it, but I don't think it's good. Oh, and yeah. I think Robert Manfred's on board with this uh, when he talks about pace of play. Like, yeah, action in baseball is defense and players running around the bases to beat a throw. That's where you get the most action in baseball. Well, maybe and use normal baseballs less- again then, guys. Yeah, I agree. That would that would help. I agree. Um, but it wouldn't solve the strikeout issue. Uh, I'm going to give you guys names and ownership percentages, and you tell me if the porridge is too cold, too hot, or just right. Jeff Samarja, 89%. What is porridge? Porridge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just right. How a Floridian uh, says. J- yep, I agree. Just right. Um, Jeff Samarja, 89%. Just right. Aaron Sanchez, 91%. Just right. Too high. Too high. I'm interested in seeing what happens from here, though, because a big strikeout game yesterday, and he said he – I saw this in The Athletic. He was doing the same thing Jay Happ did the day before. Remember, I was trying to pinpoint what was different for Jay Happ this year. Apparently, um, he's been doing a lot of high – throwing a lot of high fastballs, and Sanchez decided to try that yesterday. Was this in the first two paragraphs of An Athletic Story? It was in the first two <laughs> paragraphs of An Athletic Story. Thankfully, he got you got to the to, point quickly. They didn't have to subscribe. Um, yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez, 80%. <laughs> um, uh, just right. Just right. Felix Hernandez, 83%. Too high. Too, too, too hot? Too hot. Parge is too hot. I yeah. think it's probably too hot, but it... <sighs> Drop it like it's hot. I don't, you don't, like, I'm not <laughs> dropping him. He's I got, would. uh, he's got Oakland and the Angels next week. He's already dominated star, Oakland once. Two-star okay, Felix can't next drop week? Him before no. the two-star week, but... Uh, then once he gets pummeled by the Angels, then he can drop him. Lance Lynn, 63%. Too hot. He Too sucks. Hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's clearly rusty here in the early going with a bunch of walks. He's going through the Lance, uh, the Sunny Gray situation, except there's a better excuse for it. 63 is so low though. I mean, I, I think it's a little too cold. He's unstartable right now, but it's, he deserves to be rostered in more than that. Alright, Lance Lynn, Toronto and at the White Sox next week. Yolisha Seen, 32% owned. Too hot. Just right. <laughs> okay. Alright, let's take a look at today's matchups. Heath's favorite player, that's not Cesar Hernandez, Sean Newcomb at Homer Bailey. You're starting Newcomb. Newcomb! Yeah, yep. yeah, Bailey's at, Bailey's been pretty good him. lately. He's been okay. I don't lately. trust it. Have Lost we ever had that team down. name? What? Duke. Or... Oh yeah, Duke Nukem. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. In fact, you we said, had it so many times. Homer, you said Homer Bailey's been pretty good lately, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's the one I don't trust. Yeah, you can't start him against the Braves with Ronald Acuna in the lineup. There you go. Uh, we've had Duke Nukem so many times that when it gets submitted for Team Name Tuesday, I skip over it. I'm pretty sure I just came up with it. No. Michael Fulmer, Fulmer House. How about that? Or Ivan Nova. Start Fulmer. I wouldn't mind starting Nova either, I don't believe. Oh my gosh, if he throws a shutout, I'm sure I've used this joke before, but if he shows, throws a shutout, is it a bagel with Nova? I don't get that joke. Well, like a bagel, like a zero, you know? Uh huh. And you put Nova on a bagel, it's the list, like my, one what's, of the only, I don't Nova? know what Nova is. Nope. Really? Locks. You know locks? Oh yeah. Yeah, I Nova, know. same thing. Nova is Nova Scotia salmon. Nova is less salty than locks. It's better. It's delicious. Okay. What is it? It's fish, but it's not very fishy. It's um. Is it cooked? I don't know. It's like know. a sushi bagel. It's, I don't like sushi. Nova's like the only seafood I eat, basically. Nova, like, nah, eat some shrimp. Oh, you're down on all seafood, Adam? Yeah, I don't eat seafood. Oh, man. I like shrimp, though. Nova, Nova's delicious. It's also like 20-something bucks a pound, so I, I pretty much never have it. But it's great. Um, Matt Cook at Ben Lively. No. No. Kyle Gibson at Jordan Montgomery. I'll start I Jomo. would start Jordan. Yeah. Jomo. Uh, Jomo, Jomo, Jomo. That's right. That's what I said. Noah Syndergaard and Carlos Martinez. Yes. James Paxton at Mike Clevenger. Yes, both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Chris Archer at Dylan Bundy. Archer at the Orioles. Starter. Start them both. It's both. Right. It's both. Chris Sale. Yes. How about Marco Estrada against the Red Sox? 
Nope. Nope. Not Chase, the way he's pitched recently. Chase Anderson and Kyle Hendricks. Start both. Yeah. And Lucas Giolito and Jake Junis. Start Junis. No chance. Giolito. He needs Giolito. to get right. No. Giolito. No. Big time. What did you uh, discover yep. about Nova, Heath? Uh, really nothing. I cannot find anyone that says what's actually in it. It's salmon. It's Nova Scotia salmon. It's delicious. Cooked? But I, no, I don't think it's cooked. But I don't like salmon. Nova is so damn good. A little cream cheese at Nova. Oh my god. Uh, it is smoked Nova salmon. So yes, it's okay. Is that cooked? Does that mean it's cooked? Smoked, yes, smoked salmon is delicious. Do oh, people okay. eat raw salmon? All I meant was that it's not like, you know, cooked, like you get a salmon at a restaurant, it's cooked, you know? It's not like that. Right, oh, but they yeah. cook you're it not, before you're not they put it in the dish. Dip. Not looking up at you when you eat it. Correct. Like when, when we go out to eat, my wife often gets smoked fish dip. And it's not warm, it's cold, but it's still yeah. been cooked beforehand. It's like, right. it's like well, the lunch meat of fish. Yeah. Sure. Okay, guys. Yeah, I mean, you can buy hot dogs cold, but they're still cooked. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for a great show And we are done And I am so funny <laughs> We'll talk to you tomorrow On the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast <laughs>